0: Thanks for watching this episode of turning to him. I invite you to just take a few seconds right now at the beginning and subscribe to this channel so that you can get more videos like this in your feed. Thanks again. Hello everybody. Thank you for tuning into this episode of turning to him. I am here with Guy Johnson, who's graciously uh, agreed to share some time with us. Guy, how are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Thank you for having me. Good. I hope that the bell doesn't ring and a crowd of students don't come in behind you.
1: (laughs) We taught this morning, so it's quiet now.
0: Very good. Where do you teach?
1: I teach down here in Orem uh, at the Utah Valley Institute.
0: Okay. Very nice. I can, I can date myself a little bit and say I was the last graduating class of UVSC. Okay. There you go. Yeah. That's, that was a little while ago. <laughs> yep. So I spent some time in that institute building. Yeah. Good
1: place. It's a special place. So, yeah, that's awesome.
0: Well, um, I know as we were talking before, you just kind of mentioned that you've got a, a great story just all throughout your life of kind of where you started and where you ended up so maybe we'll just start from there take us from the beginning
1: okay um yeah I I so I grew up uh I was born in Idaho up in Pocatello Idaho um my my parents were uh pretty young when they got married and had to learn some things and and it didn't work out for them uh and so I lived there in Pocatello for uh, a you know, uh, until I was in about second or third grade in, in school, um, eight, you know, seven or eight years old uh, and and lived with my mom primarily and would, would visit my dad on weekends, things like that. Uh my mom then uh, got some uh, employment down in Albuquerque, New Mexico. So I end up moving uh, down there and I would, you know, come back and forth. On holidays and summers and things like that um and so uh two different worlds you know growing up a, as a kid in Pocatello Idaho and then Albuquerque New Mexico those are just two very different uh you know cultures all together and and so that was sort of unique and 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 really fun um learned a lot of great things going through that um my my parents uh growing up were not um they they were christian they were not uh, churchgoers uh per se i mean we did go a little bit but not not um you know on a weekly basis or anything like that and um, my dad is uh, and still is not a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My mother was baptized as a little girl into the church, um, and then her family was not really active, and so they weren't really raised in the faith at all. Uh, and so I wasn't um, part of any kind of you know, religious group or, or church or anything like that as, as a child, although I did have Beliefs in God and in some basic knowledge of who the savior was and things like that. Um, we moved down to when I moved down to New Mexico with my mother. Uh, she was uh, a single mom working and very busy trying to support me and my older sister at the time. And uh, I found myself getting involved in some not great things um i i was always involved in sports um i I've, I've been involved in uh, most of my childhood and teen years i was involved in uh, uh, i played football i was involved in uh some combat sports and and boxing was a big one i'll talk more about that a little here in a minute um but i um i i found myself busy that way. And, and, you know, my mom did the best she could. Um, But I just, uh, as a kid, I was, I, I I was kind of on my own a lot and I was able to do some things (laughs) I probably shouldn't have done. And I got involved in a pretty rough crowd. A lot of my friends that I made at school and things like that, or, or in sports, um, a lot of their older siblings, their older brothers were in gangs. And, and so as a young kid hanging out with my friends, I was introduced to a lot of, uh, drugs and gang violence and, and, uh, you know, just not, not very good things. And unfortunately, um, as a young kid just saw, saw a lot of things that, uh, nobody should see, let alone a little kid. And, um, and I didn't talk a lot about that, because I just didn't know who to talk to or what to say about it.
0: Now, remind me, you, you yeah. moved down there in third grade?
1: Yeah, I think it was second or third grade, right in there.
0: And I assume, is that about when your parents yeah. got divorced, or did they both stay in Pocatello for a while?
1: They, uh, they got divorced when I was uh, still a, a, a toddler. And so okay. we were in Pocatello for just a little bit, you know, altogether before my mother moved down to New Mexico.
0: Okay. So in third grade, you moved to New Mexico, second to third grade. And Mm -hmm. in, in your, for your memory, was this something where you immediately kind of started getting into these activities that you're describing, or was it a, a slow, gradual, uh, drift?
1: Yeah, it was kind of slow. Um, I, I think it was, uh, I, we lived in kind of a rougher area. Um, and there was just a lot of gangs around that area, and so as I started getting involved in school and and making friends through athletics, and they were at my school, you know, we were all pretty innocent kids, but but like I said, the the older siblings that were involved in some of those things, and so I, I think it was just sort of slowly over the, I was there from uh from second or third grade till my junior high years. Okay. Yeah and when i hit 7th or 8th grade my mom i got pretty worried because i was around some pretty tough just a tough crowd i was getting a lot of fights i was getting a lot of um dangerous situations and uh i think she could kind of see the writing on the wall so she and my dad decided that i should move back to idaho to live with with him um in 7th uh, or 8th grade okay so when I moved back there, uh, at that point I'd kind of taken on this, you know, this hard kid persona, <laughs> and and I quickly in seventh or eighth grade, just in Idaho, Pocatello, uh, you know, gravitated to that same kind of crowd, um, and uh, I was I was involved in uh, in again crime activity, drug uh, activity. Just just not great things. And um, I, I know my parents, you know, they were pretty worried about me at that point. But it sounds like at this point, I mean, since you gravitated to it and I don't too, at this point in your mind, there's not a problem. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I just I, I just kind of learned that that's how it is and how I'm going to be. And there's not a problem with it. And, you know, this is life,
0: you yeah. know.
1: My parents are amazing people. They really are good people. And, and they, you know, they showed me a lot of love. And so it wasn't any of that. I just, I just kind of chose myself to go down some paths that weren't great. Yeah. Um, so, again, I got involved because I was involved in sports and, and stuff. Um, I was super competitive as well. My uh, and I and I got in a lot of fights. And part of that was the crowds I was hanging around with and stuff like that. And I had a buddy who was involved in boxing. He said, man, you should, you should do this in a safer place, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And so, um, that's how I kind of, I, I got involved in that. And so I did a lot of that as well. And that has been off and on, even up until recently I've been, I was coaching and stuff like that. Um, and so, uh, I'm not anymore. I, I just have a, a lot of other things on my plate, but, I'll talk more about that in a minute. Uh, so that's, you know, that's kind of where that, how that went. And when I was in uh, my sophomore year of high school, uh, I had a friend who, uh, decided to share with me her testimony and a copy of the book of Mormon. And she showed up to my house, um, It was I think it was like a Saturday. We were just you know, we were just friends from school, uh, had mutual friends. um, And uh, she she came out to my home. She said, hey, I need to talk to you. And we sat down and and she pulled out a copy of the Book of Mormon. I read it. uh, The verse she had a little verse highlighted. She said, this is one of the verses I really like, you know, and she was just super nervous to talk to me about it. And, and I said, I don't even know what this is. What is this? And she started to tell me what it was. You remember, do you remember what verse it was? I don't. To this day, I don't remember. Every time I tell this story, I'm like, I got to remember what that verse was, <laughs> but I don't remember. But when she told me about it and she bore testimony, she told me the impact. I felt the spirit, uh, but I didn't know I was feeling the spirit at the time. Um, I just felt this really good feeling in all my life up in that point, And I know I kind of didn't go through a lot of detail cause it's, it's a lot of not very happy detail, but I wasn't accustomed to that feeling of peace and joy and happiness and love that, that are those, those fruits of the spirit. Um, and, um, I felt as a kid, a lot of anger, a lot of confusion, a lot of resentment, a lot of hurt, uh, a lot of frustration. And so it was completely different than what was kind of normal to me. And I fe- it felt so good. In fact, I remember telling her, I just want to get up and like jump, like dance or something like this. And she was so excited to tell me, oh, that's the spirit. That's the spirit. Which obviously I had no clue what that even meant, but <laughs> um it was it was cute for this little 15 year old girl to tell me this right and so she just invited me to read the book and so uh i took it took the copy i had a, sh- a a shelf in my bedroom i put it on there and i didn't do anything with it for 2 years just sat there um and i kept kind of going through this phase of my life and um trying to work through it all and and then i got myself into a pretty bad situation where I was going to be in trouble with the law and um, I I just was like I can't believe I'm just in this situation and I didn't see way out and I was just having a really bad day Uh, and so this is now I'm now like a somewhere in my senior high school my high school senior year and uh, I sat down in my bedroom and I'm just like what am I doing with my life like where am I going why am I here, I can't believe this, you know, and my eye caught hold on that copy of the Book of Mormon on my shelf, and so I went out I just got over I went in, I had a chair in my my room, the corner of the room, and i just I just started reading it, and that same spirit of joy and peace and happiness it just immediately started flooding back, and I was like, there is something about this." And so I, I started, that's when I started every day, uh, reading the Book of Mormon. Uh, and I, and I got to a point, even as you know, a kid that I, I couldn't wait to get back to my room and sit in that chair and just read and study and think about and let that feeling come back and started to turn my life around, started to make some changes and correct problems that I had made and, and make things right. And, and, um, and about that time I uh I met a, a girl that uh I was interested in, and she was a member of the church, and we became uh a little bit more than friends and uh got to know her family and just had an amazing uh experience there. And one night uh she had invited me to come over. This was now Christmas time. Uh And she had invited me to come over and listen to the First Presidency Christmas devotional with her family, which I had no idea what a First Presidency or devotional was. (laughs) I knew what Christmas was. Um, And so, yeah, I, I was one out of three on that one. And so she invited me to come over. Howard W. Hunter was the prophet, so that gives you a little bit of timeline. He was only the prophet for nine months. He was very sick, but that was his one shot to speak as the president of the church in that Christmas devotional. And that was the first time that I had heard a prophet of the Lord uh, speak and share his witness of the Savior. And again, peace, joy. And I started to pick up on, like, I'm feeling this feeling. And so when it was over, of course, her family asked me what I thought. And I told them, I said, I feel this good feeling. And I have felt this now several times. What is that? And her mom said, oh, of course, that's the spirit. And I said, everybody says that. That's the spirit. What is that? And, you know, and then her dad, I think her dad pulled out the scriptures and, you know, in his high priest voice kind of taught me what the Holy Ghost was, uh, which was great. So, uh then uh, they invited me to meet with the missionaries, uh, Elder Smithson and Elder Nye. And Elder Smithson is going to be important here. Well, they're both really important, but uh, I'll come back to Elder Smithson. But they they taught me uh, the gospel. Elder Smithson was from Arizona, Mesa, Arizona, and Elder Nye was from Pennsylvania. Uh, and anyway, they taught me and they would ask me, you know, to pray about the church and pray about the things they were teaching me, pray about the Book of Mormon, pray about, you know, the different commandments or whatever. And I just, every time they taught me, I felt joy. I felt light. I felt peace. And it was a stark contrast of everything that I had been experiencing in my life. And so I knew it was right. I knew it was good. Uh, I didn't have to question it. I didn't have to you know pray about it i didn't have to wonder uh it was obvious to me <laughs> the yeah. evidence was so real you know um so they asked me to get baptized and become a member of the church of jesus christ of latter day saints and um without hesitation I, I i didn't even have to think twice and i went home i told my uh, i was living with my dad at the time and my stepmom, I told them I'm going to join the church and, uh, this is what I want to do with my life. And, and they were supportive. Um, my dad, not a member of the church, um, but he's a very God-fearing man. Um, and, uh, he,
0: they know that you were meeting with the missionaries during this uh, time.
1: Yeah. They knew that I was meeting the missionaries and, you know, it it, it kind of, again, just, it was my, my life. And if that's what I wanted to do, they would be very supportive and, um so that was a blessing that was a huge blessing cuz i know that's not always the case um and so anyway i uh i obviously met with ward members and things like that and we arranged for a baptism and uh i was sitting there in the baptism getting ready to to you know i'm sitting in the whites next to the missionary and i'm going to get baptized and all of a sudden it dawned on me that that I had never actually prayed. And I thought, Oh shoot, I, maybe I should actually pray. Maybe I should have taken them up on this and, and, you know, I've got 50 people in the room here and this is, <laughs> this is going to be so embarrassing and I might have to walk out and, and uh, somebody, I don't remember someone who was giving a talk on the, on the Holy ghost or baptism, one of those two. And uh, I, I just in my heart set a little, Simple, 18-year-old, green prayer. Heavenly Father, just, I feel so good about this. I want to go forward. If it's not right, will you just tell me? Otherwise, I'm going to do this. And that feeling that I have now become so accustomed to. But this time, a, a, a little thought in my mind a voice, not, not an audible voice, but just a, a little as if someone was speaking to my mind and it just said, yes, my son, this is true. Go for it. And, um, and I've never looked back, you know, never looked back, joined the church. The missionaries taught me, uh, or told me, you know, uh, what a blessing. And I just said, you, you guys have given so much, you know, you've come this way and given up your life to be here. And how can I pay you back? And they just said, you know, that, when you're wearing one of these name tags, uh, that'll be payback for us. And so I said, deal, you know, I'll make sure that happens. And, and so I began my life as a member of the church. Uh, I was uh, almost 18. It was right before my 18th birthday. I was just, just wrapping up high school years. Um, my, my, my mother still was in Albuquerque at the time. Um, and I began a process The challenge was that my, though I had changed, my environment hadn't changed. My friend groups were the same. Um, I was going to ask about that just because that, I mean, it's hard to change friend
0: groups in high school. It's hard to change friend groups anytime, but you went through a radical change. Yeah. How, how did that work?
1: Well, uh, I I don't know I probably didn't do it the best way, but um, I kind of just had to cut it off. I, I I was I was around some really bad stuff that I should have cut off anyway, uh, to be honest. Not just not just because I joined the church, just because it wasn't good for my life. Um, I, I you know I I mean I really could have ended up in in prison or or dead or. You know, just not a good place. And so I kind of just had to step away. I had some hard conversations with people uh, and friends and things and just kind of told them, you know, and and honestly, I learned who my my real friends were. You know, a lot of them that that were supportive and understanding and some that that thought I was doing it for the wrong reasons and kind of, you know, were a little bit critical of me at the time and or whatever. But it just got really difficult. And uh, I remember praying about it, what what I should do. And if you remember that other Smithson that I mentioned, so he had gotten transferred right after my baptism. And that was about a four month period or so. And then and then he came back into Idaho about the time that I was going, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to be. I was the only person in, you know, I was going to church by myself. I I didn't have, I had a few friends that were members of the church and stuff, but, but it was, it was getting difficult. Um, so, uh, I had prayed about it and then he showed back up in my area for his last month of his mission I worked at a grocery store. I was a bagger there and I was, it was a Saturday morning, super early. I was opening the store. I was out sweeping at like six in the morning and he showed up and, uh, and so, you know, it was kind of cool to run into him. He needed boxes because he wanted to start sending some stuff home because he was getting ready to go home. And so he said, Hey, let's, why don't you come on splits with us and, uh, love to have you come out. And so I went on a, on a split with them and went and taught some people or whatever. And then we went back that night to their apartment. And I just told him about my predicament and he said, why don't you come back tomorrow? And so, uh, I said, what, what are you thinking? He goes, just, just come back tomorrow. (laughs) Say, okay. So I come back and he sat me down and said, okay, here's what we're going to do. He said, I'm going home in two weeks or whatever it was. And he said, I've called my family. He said, you need to get out of here. Why don't you come live with me and uh, my family in, in Mesa, Arizona? And, um, just get away from all this and we'll like, we'll get you ready, you know, for your mission and stuff like that. And so, uh, at first I was like, no, no, there's no way I'm doing that. You know, that's just crazy. I'm not going to go home with you and your family. And he's like, no, this is what you got to do. And you got, you need to pray about it, you know? And I was like, these missionaries asked me to pray again. And so, <laughs> so I went home and I talked to my dad about it. My dad was a little like, uh, he, he, he didn't understand it really called my mom and she was kind of the same. And it was just a little, I don't know. I, I didn't even know about it, you know? And so, um, but prayed about it. And of course feeling joy, peace came up. Okay. That's what I'm supposed to do. So I packed my bags and I went home with this missionary. He he flew home on the Wednesday and I drove down there on the Saturday. <laughs> and so, I lived with him and his family and they were the best ever uh this family down in Mesa, they took me in and and just they treated me so well. Um and that was the first time that I had experienced priesthood in the home, experienced things like family prayer, um, priesthood blessings, um, scripture study, those kinds of things. All kinds of little tender mercies happened when I was there in Mesa. Um, I uh, the the day I got there, well, uh, Saturday. The next day, I went to church, and uh, I was offered a job by this man in our ward to deliver furniture to work with the returned missionary Elder Smithson, and we worked together uh, there for you know through several months, um, through the Valley delivering furniture. And I was working about 10 hour days. So I was super busy, but I was also saving all that money to be able to pay for my mission. I got a calling teaching. Uh, they, they had a, 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 a young single adult program at the Mesa temple grounds where you would essentially go and teach people who were coming to visit the temple and they had a little tour that you would give them and stuff. And so I was able to do that and start teaching the gospel. Um, and uh got my patriarchal blessing while I was there in Mesa and just some really neat things. I got some like first time I got like really good friends with good, like values and people that, you know, friends that th- these guys didn't even swear, you know, I mean, it was just a drastic change from what I was accustomed to. And, and all of that was a huge blessing um but at the same time it was difficult you know because i was young and i was i didn't understand what was going on and and i was just trying to learn my way and so it was just a really crazy time but uh after about i i was there for about 8 or 9 months and at that point i was able to uh you know return uh put my mission papers in and so uh i went home back to idaho Uh, and the blessing was that everything had changed while I was gone. And so it was just really easy to go home, put in my mission papers. I got called to the England leads mission to serve in the England leads mission. Uh, and it was fairly quick, which was another blessing. It was like, I got my call and it was like six weeks later I was leaving. And so, um, that was all, all incredible. Um, the night I got set apart as a missionary, my mother was there. Uh, both my parents came, but my mother particularly uh, was really touched by the spirit that night. Uh, and I found this out later, but she and she was a little confused by that. Kind of how I had felt years ago when I first got that Book of Mormon and what am I feeling and how, how can it feel so good? And I don't know what this is. But I didn't really know that until later. Anyway, I had left on my mission. But that feeling caused her to go back to New Mexico with an urgency to figure out her life and why I was on a mission and what did she, what was she missing in her life? And so she began an investigative process herself during that time. Uh, and. She knew that she had been baptized when she was little, but she didn't know anything about the church. And so she started to meet with missionaries and started to go to church and starting to get involved in different callings and things. And she got very active in the church. Um, she decided that if she were to ever remarry, that she would get married in the temple. Because I was a convert at that time, you know, you could only talk to your family Twice a year on Mother's Day and Christmas, but I had permission to talk to my family anytime I wanted to because I was a convert (laughs) to the church and my family weren't members and things. I never took advantage of that because I always feel bad for my companions because they wouldn't get to do that. But I did on a couple of occasions and one of them was uh, a phone call from my mother. And this was now about a year into my mission. She told me that she had been dating a guy that she met at work and that he was a wonderful man. She, he was kind to her, uh, respected her, had good values. There was only one problem. And that was that he was not a member of the church and he couldn't take her to the temple. And she had decided that if she got married again, it would be for, for eternity in a temple. And so, uh, she called me asking, asking me as a 19 year old kid at the time, what do I do? (laughs) <laughs> and with all of my wisdom, uh, I just said, maybe you should just tell him that. <laughs> and so she said, oh, that's so good. I'll do that. And so she told him that. And, uh, he said to her, uh, great. What, what do I need to do to be able to take you to the temple? Uh, his name is, uh, his last name is Farfan. He's, he's uh Spanish brother. And, uh, he, uh, met with missionaries, and joined the church. One of the most sweet experiences of my life was when I returned home from my mission. Uh, And they had married civilly while I was on my mission, and then he had to wait uh, a little while before he could, you know, go to the temple um, because he needed to learn some things that way. And so after that time, it was right about the time I got home from my mission, and I was able to go with them and and, uh, see my mother and be sealed to her eternal companion, which, you know, was just amazing. It was such a cool way to finish the mission. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, and they has been married, they've been married now for gosh, I don't know, 25 years or so. And they're incredible. Uh, super happy that way. Um, when I was on my mission, my mission president got a, um, a scholarship to give away uh to one of his missionaries and my mission president knew my story a little bit my dad um so my dad in Idaho uh he and my stepmother at the time went through a divorce and it was a pretty my, my dad did everything he could to make that work and it just didn't work out and it was kind of a blow to him and and um and so that was really rough you know that was really rough and I think my mission president kind of knew my circumstances and so graciously gave me this um this scholarship to go up to to Rick's college at the time BYU Idaho now up in Rexburg uh and so I had school paid for uh my my mission mother contacted the school and got me got me uh all lined up with classes and things There's a funny story about that. I actually never took the ACT. But because of the scholarship, I got into college and then I was sitting in class one day and the administration came and pulled me out. And they were like, "Uh, we don't have an ACT on record for you and you have to have one to be in college. (laughs) It's like, does it matter at this point? They're like, no, but we just need you to take it. And so I just remember filling in bubbles. I didn't care what I got on it because I was already I was already in. Got a seven on the ACT. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, whatever it was. <laughs> um, so anyway, I came home and was gonna go off to school. And at that time, I uh my aunt and uh my wife's parents were in the same ward. And they started talking about her nephew and their daughter should get together and, and meet each other. And so uh I met her through that setup and uh we uh we dated for a bit and and and, and got married fairly quickly um but she was uh, I I think the Lord just knew like this boy needs <laughs> he needs a blessing in his life and uh she has been amazing and her parents uh both very you know uh cultured in the gospel and um da- her dad has been a stake president and a mission president and they, they, they've served missions in Turkey and now serving in the temple and just, they're just amazing people that way. Um, but an interesting story when we were, uh, when we were dating, uh, we, I was up at their home and we we're sitting on the couch and she pulled out uh, some, some pictures, some old photos, and we were flipping through a photo book. And there's a picture of elder Smithson from Mesa, Arizona. And I said, I just looked, I said, why do you have that picture? And they said, oh, that's Elder Smithson. We love Elder Smithson. He was such an impact on her brothers, you know, at the time uh, he would come over and talk to them and, and hang out with us. And he's just such a good missionary. And I was like, that's the missionary that taught me. That's the missionary I lived with, like that's Elder Smithson. And so it was kind of fun to make that little connection Uh, That way. Um, And uh, and then so so I went to Rick's College, went off to school, graduated, uh, end up going to Idaho State University, graduated there. Uh, We started our little family and I got hired uh, right when I graduated uh, to teach uh, seminary, to teach religion for the church uh, down here in Utah. And we came down here. uh, My wife at the time was was pregnant with with twins. Uh, We had some some challenges with with uh, pregnancy, but we were blessed to be able to have two. And uh, she came down or we, we came down here. She had about seven weeks to go before she was due. So we thought we were good. We drove down on a Saturday night, dumped all of our stuff in a little duplex and Orem. And I had to, a work retreat that I had to go to. And so I went off to this retreat for about four days. She had a grandma in Clearfield, Utah, uh, which was about 45 minutes from where we were staying. And so I took her up there to stay with her grandma while I was gone. And then we'd come back and unpack and everything. Anyway, when I came back to go pick her up, uh, she went into labor. Um, she went into labor that night uh, while we're staying in Clearfield. So we hadn't even met a doctor down here. We didn't know anybody. Our apartment's in, you know, boxes. And um, I just started this new job. We're in a new ward. I don't know anybody in our ward. And it was just a really crazy time. And we had had so many challenges with uh, these children to finally have them, and then to have them come early. And it was just, oh, man, what's going to happen? And all those you know emotions um i'm looking up a scripture while we're talking but um we uh we i we went to the hospital uh McKady hospital there in in Ogden and uh this little cute little doctor c- came in uh her and her husband were the, the delivery doctors there she was the one on call that night she was catholic um, which she told us after that she was Catholic. And anyway, um, when when we got there, she checked things out. She realized we we had we needed to get to the delivery room right away. And she said, "Are you guys members of the church?" And we said, "Yes." And she said, "Good. Give her a blessing. She's going to need one of those." Which was awesome to me that a woman who is not of our faith has a testimony of a priesthood and priesthood blessings obviously as a doctor she's seen those miracles so give her the blessing we go up and um she's kind of barking out orders and yelling at people and screaming this you do this you do this and she looked at me and she said Mr. Johnson get out of here now get out of here and I I didn't know what was going on and another nurse kind of grabbed my arm she said you need to leave right now we'll explain later and so I go out and about 40 minutes later, they came, they came, the, the doctor came out and she said, um, my son had turned and she felt a prolapsed umbilical cord. So it was basically kinked shut. And, and he was, you know, maybe had 90 seconds or something to, to survive. Um, and so they had to do an emergency C-section and, and get those babies out and save their lives, which she did. Um, Just incredible, you know, what they're able to do. And so they saved these, my, my children. Um, But I remember as a young man, uh, I was going in to see them. My, my wife was completely out because I had to knock her out. These little kids were just these little tiny. So my daughter was three pounds. My son was three or three and a half. And, and my son was two or two and a half, something. They were just these little tiny, I could hold them in the palms of my hands. And uh I went in to see them. Of course, they give you worst case scenario. You know, they tell you that to prepare yourself. And I just remember thinking, what is going on? <laughs> I starting this new job, my home's in boxes, we're in this crazy place, and I don't even know if my kids are survived. What's happened to my wife? And I just remember feeling very um, very alone, you know, and very just like, I was I was a young man, like I what am I doing? And uh, the retreat that we did for that was a church history Doctrine and Covenants year. And so we were doing some things with that. And I had been studying the Doctrine and Covenants. And um, that was back before cell phones and gospel library app. And so I had scriptures in the car. And I just had this feeling to go out and grab my scriptures. I go out and grab my scriptures. And uh, I read this verse. It's in the Doctrine and Covenants section 31. It says, Behold, you've had many afflictions because of your family. Nevertheless, I'll bless you and your family, yea, your little ones. And that's about as far as I got. And I knew, uh, I knew I'd be okay. I knew my wife would be okay. I knew my children would be be just fine. And I was completely at peace. And and they were, and they are. Uh, they're now 21, and and uh, in fact, I my daughter is married, and I just she just had a baby so I'm a new grandpa which is the best thing ever. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. So, um you know, we started our little family together uh and I've been teaching uh for 22 years now, 21 years uh in the in the Utah Valley area, different seminaries and and uh and now at the institute. Um during that time I've I've served I, I served as a bishop. Uh I've served I'm currently serving in state presidency. It's it's funny when I go back to Pocatello or meet people that knew me in Pocatello. My wife um was at a a, a shower and she ran into somebody that I went to high school with, a, a woman that I went to high school with, and she had told her that she was married to me. And she said, Oh, I only know one guy Johnson. You would never marry him. He was just crazy. <laughs> you would never marry that guy. And she said, you know he joined the church and you know the atonement's real and he's changed and so it it's just been a, a huge life change but one of the really cool things that I'll share maybe maybe one or two stories um, so my mom since she's joined the church she's done a lot of family history and uh her family line there's a lot of pioneers and a lot of folks that that you know were in Nauvoo and things like that and then on my dad's side um so my dad is still not a member. He remarried a woman uh and they're part of the Catholic faith. Uh my dad is probably a better Christian than I am. He is such uh he is a completely changed man. Uh their marriage is so blessed and I'm so happy for him. They've been married for again about 20 something years and uh, just, they're just, they're awesome. Um, and so super excited for him and where he's at in his life and his journey with the savior. Um, my dad showed up to my house. We were doing another retreat where we were going to go up and I think it was another church history year or whatever, but we were supposed to share some family history stories and I didn't really have any. And so I started kind of looking around and it wasn't as easy back then to find stuff as it is now, but I was looking around and just wasn't able to find anything. And and out of the blue, my dad showed up to my house and he had this box and he said, you probably enjoy this. And I thought you might want it. And so I opened it up and it's church history, pictures, stories and different things and family members. And I was like, Oh, I've been looking for this kind of, I've been praying to find this kind of stuff. And, and my, my uncle guy who I'm named after had actually been collecting a lot of it. Anyway, there is a picture of Joseph F. Smith in there, and I said, uh, "Why is what's this picture all about?" And, and he said, "Oh, well, that's that's your great great grandfather. That's so my grandpa Johnson. His mother's Nellie Mae Smith. Her dad was Edmund Smith, who's the son of Joseph F. Smith." I said, well, "Do you know what that is?" And he said, "Well, I think that's one of your." He was pretty important in your church, wasn't he? And I said, important. Yeah, he, yeah, he's pretty important. He, said, he was one of the presidents of the church. Like he's a prophet. He said, Dad. I said, Dad, we're related to a prophet. And he said, Yeah, yeah. We, the, he's-. And it was funny because he said, You know, that doesn't make you any more spiritual than anybody else. Just so you know, that doesn't make you any better. And I was like, I know, but it's just cool. Yeah. Super excited about that, and kind of followed the history, and and of course Joseph F's dad is Hiram Smith uh and so uh you know over the years now, I've been able to study and learn a lot about that and feel a little more of a personal connection than just you know church leaders, but one of the cool things is my my mom has uh a relative ancestor uh their last name was Goforth, which is such a cool last name wow. and they were in Nauvoo. and so my great 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 grandfather father Goforth. Uh, And there's a dialogue that he wrote down between him and Hiram Smith. So my two great, great, great grandfathers having a conversation in Nauvoo about some things where Hiram, he sought a blessing from Hiram. Hiram gave him a blessing and just fun to make those, you know, some of those connections as well um, as, you know, so you go back to this kid who was getting in fights in third grade and seeing gang activity to uh, someone who is deeply connected to the savior through his family and through uh, church history and being able to teach um, for 21 years. I mean, I don't even know the number of students, Um, you know, thousands and thousands and different callings and, The Lord has been very kind to me and given me some sweet opportunities that I don't deserve. Um, But I testify that is what grace is. And that is what I hold on to every single day um, because I need his grace in my life. Uh, And I just share that story, testimony. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.